1: First thing first, do not believe every spirit. Okay, that's the first thing. If you're wrong because you didn't believe it, that's okay. It's better than believing it if it was wrong. So he says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. They're in the church. They're false prophets in the church, and they prophesy things not scripture because they like the goosebumps feeling all. Oh, They want to look spiritual, they want to sound spiritual, they got to give a prophecy.
0: If you listen to a variety of pastors across thousands of churches, you'll realize their messages aren't all the same. Well, today, Pastor Eddie explains that there are many false teachers inside and among churches. They twist, discredit, or ignore Scripture and the Holy Spirit. So, the warning is test everything you hear against the Bible. Don't simply believe everything, test it, and dismiss it if it conflicts or contradicts the Bible. It is not of God. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, as he continues his message, exhortations, blessings, and admonitions.
1: I examine my life now. And let me tell you something. If you if you only knew who I was when I was 12, 13, I mean I left my house when I was 16 years old. And I I, I realized when I drift away from the Lord, I wasn't really studying. And the more I started studying, reading the Bible, the more wisdom God imparts in me, and the more God shares. And more I examine myself and I say, wow, I need help here. You know? And you look at the Bible in the you know New Testament, you find it all the red letterings on Jesus. But if I were to put my what I need help in, in all red letters, it'll be the whole entire New Testament. We need the word of God. We need this communication. And prayer does that. When we get to pray, we get the communion comes with the Lord. We it's a relationship. Just picture your relationship with Jesus Christ as a husband and wife. Now. If your parents or if your own marriage is not that healthy, uh, pray. <laughs> don't say, well, I hate my husband. No, you're not, you shouldn't hate your husband. I don't want to talk to him. You don't want to say that to the Lord. <laughs> but that's the way a healthy relationship is when it's communication. And, you know, when we walk and you could talk to him. You know, the Bible says that you don't have to be on your knees. Yeah, to me. I remember when I came to a church and it was so legalistic. Oh, you can't be on one knee. You need to be on two knees. God's not going to hear you on one knee. It's weird. People come with some weird stuff, some rituals. Oh, you got to face to the east, east. And all of a sudden now you got to pray. No, you know the birth of the church. Read it in the Book of Acts. When the Holy Spirit came down the day of Pentecost, they were sitting down. They said they were sitting and praying. They talked to God in your walks, in your car. Make sure your eyes are open. But you can walk, talk to the Lord anywhere, even those little thoughts, but constantly. But don't give God those little small texts and little postcard kind of prayers. Prayer where you close the world. You know, turn off your phone. Turn off the computer. Get into a room where you can sit down with the Bible and just pray. And that's what I'm grateful for the prayer nights that we have now you know we're getting little by little we're getting more and more people but I'm gonna tell you it's intense and we and we all look at each other and say man his prayers are getting serious and that's that's the way it should be church that prays Jesus said my house will be a house of prayer it's constantly talking and we do it collectively as a church we in agreement you know I share this with them about prayer you know Charles Spurgeon uh, had a very successful ministry. The Lord used him incredibly. You know, if you ever get to read his commentaries, I would recommend you get that. But they wanted to know, they asked Charles Spurgeon, what is the the secret? What is is it that you're doing that your services are growing? You're having two or three services, and it is crowded by thousands of people. And he said, I'm going to take you to the boiler room. He took him to the boiler room downstairs, and the boiler room wasn't a real, it wasn't a boiler. It was people praying. While he has services, during worship and doing the preaching of the word, there was a group of people in that part of the church building where they were praying. So he called it the boiler room. You could Google the story, just Charles Spurgeon boiler room. Incredible story. But that's what makes the church grow. It's not events, smoke screen and what's the hippest thing or your pastor's cool enough or that's not what it's all about. It's about the word of God and prayer. That's what makes the church grow is the prayer and it's, it's, we're having some incredible nights. Verse 18, it says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The common question, right? What is God's will for my life? We saw that in, in back in, in chapter 4, in verse Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. He said, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. So there's two places. You want to know the will of God? Read that. If, if, if you're not satisfied with that, then it's a real selfish thing. No, no what's the will of God, but no, 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 God, what's what's your will for my life? I mean, I thought I was going to be some famous preacher or something, you know? Some Christian artist that could tour the world. Is it a fleshy thing? Because the will of God is, you know, to abstain from sexual immorality and also to give thanks. That's the will of God for your life. If you concentrate on these two things, you won't have to ask the question anymore. What's the will of God for my life? Give thanks for everything. We're to give thanks in every circumstance of our life. Why? Because we are children of God. We're sons and daughters of God, and everything that we go through is filtered through God. God knows what you're going through. He knows what you're going to go through next month. Lord willing, if you're still here next year, he knows what you're going to go through. God would either allow it to happen or make it happen in your life. And if we surrender our lives to Christ, then we, we trust everything, our future, and the circumstances that makes its way in our lives. He sees it all. But when you give thanks, here's the thing, when you give thanks in the midst of trials and tribulation, you, what happens is you, you, and you, you draw near to God. And you, he sees that you have a thankful heart. Even in the midst of your trials and tribulation, that's unheard of. That's not normal. When I go through troubles, trials, I'm going to thank God. Wait a minute. My first prayer is, Lord, can you help me out of this? No, it's to understand that, you know, God is in control of all things. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that some of the things, no, no. All things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things in your life work together for good. It may not seem that at first, but all things will work out for good for those who love the Lord. You love the Lord and you walk according to his purpose, it's going to work out. What happened is we want to see it now. We want to see it solved now. We want, a, we want a remedy right now. But this is the time where God say, okay, let's see what you're going to do at this time. This is what you see. You see dark clouds ahead. You see you're going through trials. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to panic and I'm going to pray that you get me out of this. No. You spend time and and thank God. So, you know, Lord, I'm so grateful. Your house is falling apart. A tree lands on your your house. Praise the Lord. I wasn't in it. Oh, I'm so, you know, Lord, I am so grateful. That hit my bedroom. I could have been sleeping. Thank you, Lord. It didn't tip over and, and crush the house next door to me, a family who doesn't know you. It gives me an opportunity now to share the gospel. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15, I give it to you in the New Living Translation. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. In the midst of it, you know, it's, you know we need to discipline ourselves. We need to uh, do this spiritual exercise examine the heart when you go through trials and tribulations. Okay, what are you going to do now? Well, now you know the word of God. You know that your life is in God's hand. You know that all things work together for good. And you know what's God's will is that you thank him. So let's just do that. Practice that. Practice what the Bible tells us. I believe I gave this story to you before, Matthew Henry, when his wallet was stolen. This is a story. Matthew Henry is one of the greatest uh, ancient, I won't say ancient, but in the 1700s, 1800s, uh, commentator, and he says this, a man once stole uh, uh, Matthew Henry's wallet, and it says, in reflecting the incident, Henry said his wallet was stolen. You see, and I, I am thankful that he never robbed me before, number one. Number two, I am thankful that although he took my wallet, he did not take my life. Number three, Although he took all I had, it wasn't much. And number four, I am glad that it was I who was robbed, not I who did the robbing. And being robbed from his wallet, he found four things to be grateful for. This is how you could have joy in the midst of trials and tribulation. This is how God would be glorified in the midst of trials and tribulation. By doing the will of God. In the midst of all this, be thankful in everything. That's the will of God. Verse 19, do not quench the Spirit. And Paul, he gives us the imagery of, you know, quenching the Spirit because the Holy Spirit in the, in the Scriptures is referred to as fire. And so he speaks as the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. In other words, you, when you see a fire, you don't put it out, you know, with water or anything that, that would, that's opposite of fuel. Or you could walk away and deny it fuel. And what Paul is speaking about, do not quench the spirit, is different from the way I was raised. When I went to a Pentecostal church that wasn't really studying the Bible, hyper faith, hyper charismatic, charismaniac kind of deal, hanging from the sheets, from the chandeliers and people, you know, shaking on the floor uncontrollably and you know their eyes are closed. Was, What's going on? When I was a kid, that scared me. Unbiblical practices. Unbiblical practices. And they would say, no, don't quench the Spirit. They use this verse. Don't quench the Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. Oh, the pastor is on his fifth hour preaching straight. Don't stop the Spirit. Don't quench. He's still preaching, but it's 5 o'clock. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Let's go. No, don't quench the Spirit. (laughs) And so they would use that. Don't quench the Spirit. But to don't quench the Spirit means to resist the influence of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When it is the Holy Spirit, one thing you'll find for sure, the Holy Spirit would not contradict itself. It would not contradict the word. So this jumping around, I came from that. It's not biblical. And this is how you, this is this is the best way to find out. First of all, no one in the Bible, you know, was, you know, acting like they were drunk, dancing or whatever. Slain in the spirit is unbiblical. You won't find that in the Bible. You won't find anybody who was slain in the spirit. You won't even find the word slain in the spirit. The, slain in the, you won't find that phrase in the Bible, not even close. One thing I always say, you have four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus set the example in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If Jesus didn't do it, you shouldn't do it. If Jesus didn't shake uncontrollably, you shouldn't do it. If Jesus didn't go into synagogue and start speaking tongues loudly while while they're giving the sermon, you shouldn't do it. It's not biblical. One of the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, I mean goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. People say, oh, this is, what this, this is what they would tell me. Oh, I couldn't, I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry I bumped into you and knocked you down and you busted your head. I was, no, I was dancing in the spirit, man. I'm just sorry. <laughs> One of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. They'll say, I couldn't control myself. Self-control. Oh, I had to give that prophecy. Self-control. Self-control. The Bible would not contradict itself. Notice what comes after this. Uh, quenching the spirit he gives in verse 20 he says do not despise prophecies paul concern uh was for the thessalonians what they they were neglecting or rejecting god's what's revealed in god's word when it comes to prophecies if it's not in the bible throw it out throw it out and if someone gives you a false prophet didn't come to pass they're not a prophet if, if, if you want to follow the Old Testament, they'll be stoned to death. Do not despise prophecies, but everything's in the word. There's no, nothing new. If somebody's preached something or prophesied something that's not in the Bible, throw it out and don't consider them a prophet. And rebuke them, and their brother say, so "Listen, I love you, brother, but you said this, and this is not true. It's not true. Be careful. Something we need to know, that everything is in the Bible, is if it's not 100% complete in scriptures, then it's not of God. Verse 21, it says, test all things. And this is what we're to do, test all things. People don't testing. it. feels good. It feels good. It sounds spiritual. It looks spiritual. People are going in droves to see this man in a tent. Oh, wow, he's, oh, they'll come from all over the world. It sounds spiritual, but... It, Test all things, Paul tells us, and when we get to 1 John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, this should be in our refrigerator, this should be in our study hall, this should be written in your Bible underlined, but this is what you need to do. It says, beloved, do not believe every spirit. First thing first. Do not believe every spirit, okay? That's the first thing. If you're wrong because you didn't believe it, that's okay. It's better than believing it if it was wrong. So he says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. They're in the church. They're false prophets in the church. And they prophesy, things not scripture because they like the goosebumps feeling, oh. They want to look spiritual. They want to sound spiritual. They got to give a prophecy. Listen, to be honest, everything, we, 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 everything is here. We don't need anybody to give us a new prophecy. It's all here. Because if I have to use the Bible to test the prophecy, what do I need to profit? I'm not saying get rid of prophets altogether. There's only two people that, out of all the people that prophesied in the churches that I've been to, or directly to me personally, there's only two out of the hundreds, only two that came into fruition. One is when I went to Israel, and I actually marked it. Because when I went to Israel, I met a woman who was a messianic uh she was a jew and she lived in israel and uh it was i have it right here psalms 20 i have it i don't know if you can see it i have the, the star of david may 13 2005 she didn't give anything to, you know what she did to me he said i want you to read psalm 20 verse 4 that was it that was it that was the prophecy and what I loved about the prophecy, it wasn't no special words. It wasn't to suit me up and get me, give me chills. It wasn't to work me up. She just gave me a verse. Read Psalm 20, verse 4. I was getting baptized in the Jordan. That doesn't mean anything. You get baptized in the Hudson River as long as you're doing it for the Lord, right? But she said, read Psalm 20, verse 4, and I'm going to read it to you. It says, may he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. Before I went to Israel, I was seeking God, wisdom, and direction. Because God was birthing something in my heart. You're the fruit of that. You're the fruit of that. That was in 2005, May 13, 2005. But right beneath it, May 13, 2009, the same day, is when I was officially affiliated with Calvary Chapel of Milford. The same day, four years later. I was officially, same day, four years later. That's prophecy. You don't have to go and you say, you know, the Lord told me, oh, kita, kata, and all kinds of, you know, mama got a new hand done. And then you start, you work it up and you bring an attention to yourself and you're trying to spiritualize it. You know, I just want to give you a t- uh, first. You know, God's put you in my heart. You know, you, you spiritualize it because you want the glory that you're so spiritual. It's just give the word. That's all she told me. She didn't work me up. And, I, and that was awesome. And I reached out to her after that, and we, you know, when we had another group that went out, we we met her, and but it was great. That's prophecy, because it spoke to me. It was exactly what God wanted me. It was His word. She didn't teach, say anything outside of His word. She even, all she said, read Psalms twenty, verse four. Read Psalms twenty, and she points to me. Read Psalms twenty, verse four. She's a much older lady. And that's prophecy right there. So be careful. Do not despise, but test all things. He said, verse 21. test all things. Hold fast to what is good. After you evaluate what, what they have said or what's in front of you, you examine it. Whether it's someone in the church or another Christian, you examine it to see, okay, let's line this up with Scripture. Be a student of the Word. Study. Don't just believe right off the top what somebody tells you. Just study it. Read it. Search the Scripture. See if it's so. And take what is good. You know, don't throw everything out, because if it's the word, you'll take what's good. Verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. It's speaking about your purity. Your purity. Isaiah verse 5, verse 20, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. We're living in a world today where evil is good and good is evil. No, whatever the world calls e- uh, good, and God calls it evil, if God calls it evil, it's evil. Sexual immorality is evil. Because God calls it evil. He said, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Now in verse 23 to 28, he gives blessings and admonition. He says in verse 23, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless At the coming of the Lord, spirit, soul, and body. Those who have died spiritually, those who are dead spiritually from Adam, all they have now is a body and soul. They have an evil spirit, but we have a spirit that comes from God. And it's to be blameless, not sinless, but blameless. In other words, that is to be free uh, from causes, from reproach and regret. We are to be ready for his coming. Verse 24, he who calls you is faithful. He calls you who also will do it. He calls you, he's faithful, he will do it. Philippians chapter one, verse six, Be conf- being confident in this very thing that he, speaking of Jesus Christ, who has begun a good work in you, that begun, when he begun that new work, when you accepted Jesus Christ, will complete it unto the day of Christ, not the day of the Lord, the day of Christ, when you stand before Jesus. From the day when you're born again, He's begun that work unto the day you stand before Jesus. He's going to be with you. Verse 25 and 26, brethren, pray for us. Paul always wants prayer. And we're talking a man who's wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He needs prayer. What does that tell you? I need prayer. And what else does that tell you? We all need prayer. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. That's a Middle Eastern thing, a greeting. If you're from that, that's okay, you know. It says, in verse 27, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. It's to be read. And can you imagine, almost 2,000 years ago, it would still be read, even today, with us. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, and all God's people say, amen. I'm
0: Pastor Eddie Panero has been digging into the book of First Thessalonians with us here on Running the Race. There's much more to learn from this New Testament letter, but our time has come to an end for today. Before we go, we'd like to invite you to visit our website to hear more messages from Pastor Eddie. Head over to RunningTheRaceRadio.com. There, you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be a part of our weekly worship service? We gather each Sunday at 10 a.m. for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. Find more information at RunningTheRaceRadio.com. If you're in a place of blessing due to this radio ministry, and you'd like to know how you could partner with us, we'd gladly accept your support. Here's Jessica to tell you more.
2: Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the loss to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what share will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program, and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, You can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com.
0: We hope you'll join us again next time, right here on Running the Race.